you guys are doing just fine. Um, my name is Brian Thomas Nice. Welcome to the podcast. All right. So it's May 1st already. I mean, March 1st, May 1st. That's quick. March 1st. What happened? Anybody know? What special thing happened in March, March 1st? Anybody out there? Um, anybody? March 1st is a special day. Why is it so special? Why well, don't know. I'm asking you. So dig deep into your capsules and the brain. Who was born special on this day? March 1st. I'll give you a hint. No hint? Yes hint? Justin Bieber. <laughs> Today, 1994. Justin Bieber was born on March 1st. Canadian singer and songwriter. Well, I just wanted you to celebrate with me, Justin. Good old Justin Bieber. You ever think I'd be bringing up just good old Justin Bieber on this day? Yeah, I didn't either. I didn't either. Well, anyway. Um, thought I would uh, share a little icebreaker, so they, they call it. You know, it's crazy. I've been up this morning since about 6 a.m., and I've been yawning. It's currently 8.55. I've just been yawning all morning. Can you dig it? Yawn? <laughs> you know, I'm, I have here in front of me, in my formerly stained nicotine fingers. <laughs> no, they're still, they're still, uh, they're still barbell-ridden, calloused hands. A Starbucks. Um, coffee mug. And this one is made in China. Thank you, Starbucks. And it is 16 ounces of fluid. And let me tell you what. I'm pretty impressed with it. I have to share this. So it's an older one. It's metal. Looks like a Yeti. Comes with a lid, you know, screw-on lid. 
and um, seals up pretty good. Has a little pop open top. There I am yawning again. Anyway, so yesterday I took some I took my equipment and went to work at Starbucks. You know, working from home, you have to get away sometimes. And I had some I had some things I needed to do I, at work. I had to um Anyway, I don't want to bore you with the details of work, but um sometimes you just get away, put some headphones on and start digging in, right? Well, I didn't really want hot coffee. I think I had I'd already had hot coffee yesterday morning. And so I decided to get iced coffee. And I just got the regular standard iced coffee, you know, it's $3.60. Starbucks, that's highway robbery for heating up some ground up beans and putting water through it. Over $3. That's a robbery. I mean, <laughs> I paid for it though, right? I, I paid for it. So I put it in there and I, I drank about a third of, the, of it. And... Basically, uh, here's my here's my here's what I'm so impressed about. Like literally, I'm impressed. So I, I kept the lid on. I, I drink about a third of it. I slowly drink it. It was pretty pretty uh, strong. So I took the coffee with me. I didn't pour it out. I got home, set it on the counter. In the kitchen. Left it there. And came back to it that evening. I'm talking, you know, 8, 8 p.m. And would you, would you not believe that that coffee was ice cold when I got back? I'm talking ice cold. It kept temperature all day. Like, I bet it didn't drop five degrees. I mean, it didn't get it didn't raise five degrees, rather, and get warm. I was very impressed. It was almost like it was icy. Came right out, right out of the fridge or the freezer. Here's to you, Starbucks cold brew uh, mug. My cup, my uh, my mug has a. Um, has her, her her updated logo. The one that's nice and clean. Starbucks logo with no um no nasty image. You know, back in the day they had nasty images. They had uh, basically she was almost a naked uh, mermaid. <laughs> Pretty crazy, right? Well, welcome to the podcast. That's my morning story for you. <laughs> I want to read something out of um Numbers chapter 41 in the Old Testament. This is from the Amplified Version. Basically, it's the King James, but Amplified. And all the congregation cried out with a loud voice, and they wept that night. All the Israelites grumbled and deplored 
their situation. And Moses and Aaron, to whom the whole congregation said, "What that we what would we have would that we have died in, in Egypt, or that we had died in the wilderness? Why does the Lord bring us to the land to fall by the sword? Our wives and little ones will be a prey. Is it not better for us to return to Egypt?" This is Moses and Aaron. And they said to one another, Let us choose a captain and return to Egypt. And Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of Israel. And Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, who were among the scouts who had searched the land, they tore their clothes. Now, remember, this is the guy who, right before this, they, they sent the 12 spies into the land of Canaan. And they saw that the, the land was flowing with milk and honey, they say. Giant. Um, grapes and just lavish um, land, right? Plentiful in food and water and just wonderful things. But guess what? It also had giants, son of Anak, the um, Rafa, the Raphaim, the Nephilim, right? The big ones, monsters, half man, half god. So the uh, uh, stories are told. So, you know, Genesis chapter 6 explains that. So these guys are not in a good mood. In fact, they went in there and their eyes, they, they said out loud, they're, we're, we're like grasshoppers. They're, they're going to just stomp us and eat us. What are we going to do? Ow, ow, ow. You know, it's it's a... Uh, I mean, what would you do if you saw these giants and God told you to take the land? Walk in there, son, and and take the land. That's yours. Get those giants out of there. Well, if you were just thinking in the flesh, if you were just thinking naturally, you know, with natural strength. (laughs) Love Ronnie. Love you, Ronnie. Then, um, you know, you're, you're not thinking right. Because these people had the power of God with them. Yeah, I know. We can't see it. You can't see it. Hard to see. But that's why you train your mind. You train your eyes. You train your words. You train your thoughts. And you conquer your thoughts. So these people were scared. Moses and Aaron even. We're going to get killed. Verse 33 in chapter 13, right above it there. There we saw the Nephilim, the giants, the son of Anak. Who they, they come from the giants. And, and we were in our own sight grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. So look, we saw ourselves as grasshoppers. And so we are grasshoppers. So this is where we're at. And they said in verse 7, chapter 14, verse 7, And they said to all the company of Israel, The land through which we pass the scouts is exceedingly good land. Amazing. It's amazing. And if the Lord delights in us, that he will bring us into this land to give it to us, a land flowing with milk and honey. 
Only do not rebel against the Lord, neither fear the people of the land. For they are bread for us. Their defense and their shadow is removed from over them. But the Lord is with us. Fear them not. But all the congregation said to stone Joshua and Caleb. Now these are the two guys um, that went in and saw this. And they said, that's what they said to the, the, the Israel. They said, fear not, Israel, for God is with us. Who can be against us? This land is ours. God has given it to us. And we will go in and we will stomp on these giants. Stomp them. (laughs) You know that people got mad. Can you imagine that? That's like Donald Trump nowadays. Oh, Trump. Hashtag Donald Trump. That's like people nowadays. Going, going in, and uh, and saying to the, and saying to, to Donald Trump, Donald Trump, ah, we're gonna take this, take this America back. We are not gonna let North Korea and Russia scare us. We are Americans. God is with us. That's what, and then all these scoffers and CNN and BuzzFeed. And, you know, people f- just that see through the uh, victim mindset, through the victim glasses. But verse 9 again, he says, Do not rebel against the Lord, neither fear the, the people of the land. Don't fear these giants, for they are, they are bread for us. Their defenses, the defense in the shadow is removed from over them, but the Lord is with us. Fear them not all the congregation said stone Joshua and Caleb stone them kill them <laughs> but the glory of the Lord appeared at the tent of meeting before all of Israel man praise God you imagine that you imagine two men standing up it's going to happen again and we'll get to that two men stand up the, and God is with us fear not people we can go in and take this land and then God you up showing himself strong in the in the uh, temple and the lord said to moses now notice the lord appeared to all the israelites and then the lord said to moses how long will this people will these people provoke me or despise me how long will it be before they believe me how long will they, tr- they, they will they how long before they trust in me rely on me cling to me for all the signs which I have performed among you. Yeah, you remember, these guys walked in the wilderness for quite some time. He gave them manna. He parted the Red Sea. He destroyed the Egyptian army. He gave them ten plagues. Uh, he gave the uh, Israel, Egypt ten plagues, and, and they watched unscathed by the ten plagues. And I, I, we can go through the ten plagues if you want, but they're amazing. Oh, well, brother, that's a, that was just natural circumstances that, you know, volcano hit and migration of the, um, you know, migration of, of the grasshoppers. No, no, dude, God set this up perfectly, whatever. He did wonderful things to rescue his people. Remember, these people, the Israelites, they carried the word of God. Right, I'm not going to get into were they black, were they white, were they brown, were they yellow. They were Israelites, right? They were from that area. 
So God used them perfectly for his good pleasure in a good way. Not in a way that's abusive, but he perfectly designed and set up a way to bring Jesus, his son, Yahweh, into the world. (laughs) So amazing. So amazing. And why why can't they trust him? He did all these amazing things. He delivered them. Everywhere they go, he, he, he caused water to come out of the rock, under the ground for a million people. Verse 12, I'll smite them with pestilence, he says. I'll disinheart them. And I will make of you a great nation and mightier than they. And Moses said to the people, then the Egyptians will hear of you, for you have brought up this people in your might from among them. And they will tell it to the inhabitants of this land. They have heard that you, Lord, are the midst in the midst of your people, Israel. And that you, Lord, are seen face to face. And that your cloud stands over them. And that you go by before them in a pillar of, of the cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. What a miracle. These people see this every day, people. Every, of course, we weren't there, right? Don't judge them. Don't judge them. You weren't there. You don't know the circumstances. Let me tell you what. When you get hungry and you don't have no water and you ain't got, you know, carbs in you, sugar. I mean, your attitude changes. I mean, you know that term, hangry? That's a real term. I've witnessed it in the young and the old. (laughs) So, he said, verse 15, Now, if you kill all these people as one man, then the nations that have heard your fame will say, Because the Lord was not able to bring this people into the land, which he swore to give them. Therefore, he, w- he has slain them in the wilderness. And now I pray you, let the power of my Lord be as great as you have promised. Saying, The Lord is long-suffering and slow to anger. Yes, he is. And abundant in mercy and loving kindness, forgiving iniquity and transgressions. Praise God. Now, this is numbers, people. I want you to notice that. He is not the God that, that, that people say he's the masochist, the evil overlord who is killer of all. He is a, he, let's, let's repeat that. Verse 18, right? Numbers 14, 18. The Lord is long-suffering. He is slow to anger, abundant in mercy, and long, loving forgiveness, loving kindness, forgiving iniquity and transgression. And he will... By no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and upon the third and fourth generation. He is the just and the justifier of those who love him and believe in him. Remember that. 
Verse 19, pardon. I pray you the iniquity of this people according to the greatness of your mercy and loving kindness, just as you have forgiven them from Egypt until now. And the Lord then said to them, I have pardoned according to your word. Praise God. You hear that? I have pardoned according to your word. Now, this is a big statement I want. I, I really want you to focus on. I know I talk about the word a lot, your words, other people's words, but I want you to notice this. He says, I have pardoned the people because of your word. Verse 21, but truly as I live and as all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord, because all those men who have seen my glory and my signs, which I have performed in Egypt and in the wilderness, yet have tested and proved me these ten times and have not heeded my voice. Surely they shall not see the land which I swore to give to their fathers, nor Shall any who provoked me see it? Let's go to Hebrews uh, 6 real quick. Hebrews 6. For it is impossible to restore and to bring again repentance for those who have once been enlightened and who have consciously tasted the heavenly gift and have become sharers of the Holy Spirit. And have felt how good the word of God and the mighty powers of the age and the world to come. If they then deviate from the faith and turn away from their allegiance It's impossible to bring them back to repentance for because while as long as they nail upon the cross, the son of God afresh and are holding up to contempt and shame and public disgrace for the soil, which has drunk the rain and repeatedly falls upon it produces vegetation and useful to those for whose benefit is cultivated partakes of a blessing from God. But if the same soil persistently bears thorns and thistles, it is considered worthless and near to being cursed whose end is to be burned. Even though we speak this way, yet in your case, beloved, we are now firmly convinced of better things that are near to salvation and accompany it. For God is not unrighteous to forget. Or overlook your labor and the love which you have shown for his name's sake and the ministering to the needs of the saints, his people's consecrated people, as you still do. But we do strongly and earnestly desire for each of you to show the same diligence sincerely all the way through in realizing and enjoying the full assurance and development of your hope until the end 
Now, this is this is a huge point I want to bring up as well, right? It's it was it's stating here that that when you embark on this mission, the ministry that you're in, just like the people in the in the wilderness, Joshua and Caleb, and Moses and Aaron believed in God, called out to God, and said to Him, "Yes." Well, Joshua and Caleb mainly. We can do this. God is with us. God says to them, I despise the attitude of coming against me, not believing in me. And he says in the New Testament, in Hebrews 6, right, we just read it. He says, stay sperm until the end. He says, it's hard for you. It's, um, it's impossible, rather, for people once loving the Lord, experiencing God, sharing his love and the Holy Spirit, to decide to deny it, turn around and abandon it, that's a dangerous position. It's nearly impossible for someone to turn back to Jesus because they harden their heart, right? And the and the land the, the land is no longer um, their heart and their condition is hardened and no longer malleable. Seed can't be put back in it. That's a dangerous position. That's why, in the face of all things, you trust in God. After all, He never fails. He never failed Israel. They never encountered a situation. Let me repeat that. They never encountered a situation where they had problems that faced them and God did not provide the answer and victory. Always. Always. So be like Joshua and Caleb. Be like the people of faith who believe God and he was accounted in for righteousness. Now we are made righteous. First Corinthians chapter one, verse 30. He has made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redeemed. So praise God. That's it, man. That's the ticket. That's, let's go ahead and finish this. That's the ticket, though. He says, but, but my servant Caleb, yes, because he has a different spirit, has followed me fully. I will bring into the land in which we went. And his descendants shall possess it. Praise God. Now because the Amalekites and the Canaanites dwell in the valley, tomorrow turn and go into the wilderness by way of the Red Sea. And the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, How long will this evil congregation murmur against me? you imagine that? My kids, Lord, my kids. They they messing up. (laughs) He said, "I, I have heard the complaints of the Israelites murmuring against me. Tell them as I live, says the Lord, what you have said in my hearing, I will do it. Your dead bodies shall fall in the wilderness of all who were numbered of you, from 20 years old and upward, who have murmured against me, doubtless. He says, surely, none shall come to the land. Now that's a pretty big, imagery here doubt the uh, you, when you doubt god 
consequences happen. When you turn against him with an e- with the evil heart of unbelief that he can't make it, that he can't come through, uh, that's a dangerous things happen. Surely none shall come into the land which I swore to make uh, to make you dwell, except Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, son of Nun. But your little ones, whom you said would be a prey, they will them will I bring in, and they shall know the land which you have despised and rejected. But as for you, your dear, your dead body shall fall in the wilderness, and your children shall be wanderers and shepherds in the land, in the wilderness forty years, and shall suffer for your whoredoms, your infidelities, to your espoused God, Yahweh, until your corpses are consumed in the wilderness. After the number of these days in which you spied out the land of Canaan, even forty days, for each day of the year shall you bear and suffer the iniquities your iniquities, even for 40 years, and you shall know my displeasure, the revoking of my promise and my estrangement. I, the Lord, have spoken. Surely this will I do to all this evil congregation who has gathered together against me in the world, in which they shall be consumed, and here they shall die. And the men of whom Moses sent to search the land, who returned and made all the congregation grumble and complain against him by bringing back a slanderous report of the land, even those men who brought the evil report of the land died by the plague before the Lord. But Joshua, son of Nun and Caleb, who were among the men who went to search the land, Moses told these words to the Israelites, and they greatly mourned. I bet they did. Are you kidding me? This is bad, dark news for these people. Dark, dark news. And they arose early in the morning and went up to the top of the mountain saying, Look, we are here and we intend to go up to the place which the Lord has promised for we have sinned. But Moses said, Why now do you transgress the commandment of the Lord to turn back by the way of the Red Sea since it will not succeed? Go not up for the Lord is not among you that you be not struck down by your enemies. For the Amalekites and the Canaanites are there before you. You shall fall by the sword before you have turned away from the following after the Lord. Therefore, the Lord will not be with you. But they presumed to go up to the heights of the hill country. However, neither the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord nor Moses departed out of the camp. And the Amalekites came down and the Canaanites who dwelt in the hill country and smote the Israelites and beat them back even as far as Horam. So, the moral of the story, trust in God. <laughs> and he will pull you forward, bring you forward, protect your forward motion. I mean, when he promises something, he delivers. I can, I can say this several times. I've had big promises that he's he's revealed to me and given me a desire for. And he's delivered. Man, he often works that way. He gives you that desire. And you move forward to it. You move forward in that desire and he delivers. Unless you doubt him. Unless you turn your fate against him, curse him. And too many people in this world nowadays do that. I mean, I guess it's always been that way. But 
man. The warning of the day. Don't cross the almighty. Of course, when if you do, and you've already made that mistake, you can run back to him. Like Joshua and Caleb told the congregation, he is loving and merciful, long-suffering. It also, it also says in, in Psalms, his mercy is new every morning. So all you have to do is, is repent, which just means turn around, change your direction, go back towards God and, and call out to him, Father, oh, I messed up. Forgive me. Receive me. Oh, I repent in Jesus' name. That's the beauty of God. He's so loving and merciful. He's a great father. He's not an abandoning father. He's not an absentee father. He's a loving father. So what a good, what a good, what a good message in Numbers. A little wake you up mid mid um, start of March first. A little wake you up that even though you have giants in front of you, and there's the, the land looks wonderful, but the problems are, are are everywhere. God says, "Go take that land which I've given you." I know you can. We all seen the giants. We all have those in our lives. But he will be with you to conquer them. He will give you the strength and the wisdom to conquer them. I believe you. I believe in you. I believe that you can and you will go into the land that you need to and conquer it. Amen. I love you guys.